Amen. Good morning, church. If you are uh, up and standing, we're going to ask you to have a seat now. Uh, maybe some of you were already comfortable. That's okay. Uh, guys, we uh, ask you, if you've got your Bibles, to open them up. Psalm 134. Psalm 134. We're, we're, we're finishing our series, the Psalm of Ascent. This is the final uh, psalm here in this group of 15. And so we're going to ask you uh, where you are to open your Bibles, prepare. And uh, we're going to ask you also that you'd follow along. We've got some digital sermon notes for you. And I'm going to put this slide on the screen. All you've got to do is take your smartphone and, and point the camera at this. And uh, it should upload our digital sermon notes. I'm going to pray for our time in the Word as you prepare and get your sermon notes ready to participate as we study the Word of God. Father God, thank You for loving us. Thank You for Your Word, which we know is not just true, but is also alive and active and sharper than a double-edged sword. We pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that Your Word would penetrate the deepest, darkest parts of our heart, that You would expose our sin and Your truth and Your goodness and Your holiness, and that we would want those things more than we want the self-centered lifestyles we tend to settle for. God, uh, do a great work here in uh, our midst today as your church gathers all over the place. Let your Holy Spirit uh, be felt. Change us from the inside out. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, Psalm 134, just three verses, and the Word of God says this, Now bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand in the Lord's house at night. Lift up your hands in the holy place and bless the Lord. May the Lord, maker of heaven and earth, bless you from Zion. That's it. Three verses as we, we close out this series, the Psalm of Ascent. And so what, what do we take from those three verses? I think we three really, really important lessons. And here is the first thing that we learn. Ready? Uh, here it is. That the focus of our life should be declaring the goodness of God. That the focus of our life should be declaring the goodness of God. And here's what I want to do. I, I want to look at, at the first two verses with you. I'm just going to put these up on the screen. And, and as you look at this, I want you to notice the language very carefully. Here's what the Word of God says. It says, Now bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand in the Lord's house at night. Lift up your hands in the holy place and bless the Lord. Now, now, I'm going to keep that slide. It's going to be up in the corner. Look at me for a second. Now, the Hebrew language, it, it didn't have uh, any vowels, right? It, it didn't have any, any punctuation in it. And, and so they, they didn't have any, any way to bring emphasis really to anything. And so what the, what the writers would do is they would, they would repeat words or phrases to emphasize them. And here's the emphasis, right? The emphasis that you see there on your screen is, bless the Lord! Right? I mean, bless the Lord. Now bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord who stand in the house at night. Lift up your hands in the holy place and bless the Lord. And what's going on? Let's remember, this is the end of the journey. So the people of God have been traveling back to the city of God to worship the Lord. They've been singing these songs together. And kind of here's our thought. They show up and it's nighttime. They, they show up and it's nighttime. And, and so the sojourners, the people that have been far away, man, they, they show up at the temple. And listen, the temple is never empty. But because the, the priests of God are always at work, friends. Remember what we talked about last week, that now we are part of the royal priesthood. So I want you to listen to what the people do. The people show up and they call out to the priest. And they say, listen, now, now bless the Lord, you servants of the Lord. Saying, hey, 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 you're in the temple now. Come on, wake up with me. Wake up with me, servants. Don't, don't just be going about the motions. I want you to come on out and bless the Lord with me. It says, stand up in, in the Lord's house at night. I want you to bless the Lord. It says, lift your hands up in the holy place and bless the Lord. All right? 
And friends, here's what I'm trying to tell you, man. That is our job. Right? That's, our, that's what we talked about last week. We are part of that royal priesthood. And, and so we have to do this, man. We, we've got to bless the Lord in the morning, in the evening. That doesn't matter when. So the question that I have for you is then how do we do that? Right? How do we bless the blesser of all? That's the question we need to ask ourselves. How do we, fallen, sinful, self-centered individuals, bless God? And it's certainly not by adding anything to God, right? Because we can't add to God's goodness, and we can't add to His worthiness. We can't add to His sufficiency. So when, when the psalmist says, hey, rise up, you, you, you priests, rise up and, and, and worship the Lord, bless the Lord, it, it certainly can't, we, we can't add anything to Him. So what does it mean to bless the Lord? Well, it's, it's that one word I just let slip out of my mouth. I gave it to you early. But bless the Lord, it's the word we use called worship. Worship. And what is worship? Well, the first two verses are talking about us blessing the Lord. And the third verse unlocks it all. Why do we bless the Lord? Ready? Because He blesses us. Because God is good. And so listen, the priests of God have to remember that even though they're working, they can't forget that they need to worship the Lord. They've got to bless His name. Why? Because He is good. Because He is good. And so that's where we start, right? Is the focus of our life should be declaring the goodness of God. That's the first thing. The second thing I want you to understand, guys, is this. Ready? As we do that, I want you to know that a life lived for God is the best kind of life. Man, a a life lived for God is the best kind of life. And so I want to talk to you about that for a second because you see, as we go about this thing called life, it is easy to get distracted. And a huge theme of the Bible, in case you didn't know, is, is listen, that the world and the prince of this world, his name is Satan, is going to do everything in their power, right? Everything in their power to get you to settle. Right? To get you to settle. God's ways are best, but, but Satan and, and, and his army of darkness, listen, they're going to tempt you, and, and what they want you to do is to settle for something less than God's best, less than God's design. And, and listen, he, he's so crafty and good at this that he takes the good things of God and he twists them and he makes them seem like what he has to offer is better. Oftentimes it's really just more immediate, but it has horrible consequences. And this shows up in every area of our life. If we, we, we think about sex for a moment, right? I, I'm sorry, parents. I know you're sitting there with your kids, but here we go. And, uh, and so, like, you think about that for a moment, right? And, and, and there's a lot of things that we, we want pleasure and things in this world seem immediate. But God's design, the Bible says, is so much better. And so there is an intimacy and a closeness that can only come through the covenant of marriage of one man and one wife for life that, there's, that the world can't touch that. It tries to say, look, this is good, this is pleasing, you want this. But, but in the end, it's so far short and empty of what God's design is. And same is true about money or, or possessions, right? The Bible teaches us that God has given us everything and that, that everything we have, listen, we can do life one of two ways. We can chase after everything or we can chase after God and He'll give us everything. And one of those ways of life seems like the best and you, you, you get all these possessions but you never have enough and you're never content. The other way, you may not have as much stuff but you've got God and contentment in your heart and nothing can touch it, right? We, we think about purpose in life and, and what we do and why we do it. And so, so here's this theme of the Bible and I just want to show you, especially in the New Testament, how this theme shows up on almost uh, every page you turn to. Jesus says it this way in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, uh, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust, uh, 
where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves don't break in and, and steal. He's saying, listen man, live, live for what's coming, not for what's now. Uh, John, the disciple whom Jesus loved, kind of takes those words and later he's going to write the church. And this is what he warns the church about the ways of the world. He says, don't love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride in one's possession is not from the Father. It's from the world. And what John is trying to say is, listen, those things, the the love of the world, it's going to crowd out. It's going to affect your love for God. In fact, Jesus said so much when he was was telling that parable of of the seed and the sower, right? This is what he says in Luke 8, 14. He says, as the seed that fell among the thorns, uh, uh, these are the ones... When they have heard, go on their way, and they are choked with worries, riches, and pleasures of life, and they produce no mature fruit. What Jesus is warning is, listen, the world and the prince of this world are going to put things in front of you, and they're going to, you're going to want to fall for it. But listen, if you pursue the things of the world, they're not God's best. And what's going to happen is the more you pursue those things that aren't God's best, they're actually going to choke out your love for God. Right? Just let that sink in. And so here's the story of the Bible. You say, well, what, what do I do then? This is what men and women of faith look like. Men and women of faith are the people throughout Scripture that have seen that this is the truth. They believe with, with all of their being that God's ways are best, and so they make a choice actively that though they live in the world, they don't live for the world. They live for heaven that is coming for the kingdom that's coming. And, and, and so the Bible boasts about these men and women of faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about uh, some of these great men and women of faith. And this is what it says about Moses. I think it, it's perfect for our conversation today. It says, By faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, and he chose to suffer with the people of God, rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasure of sin. For he, didn't, uh, for he considered reproach for the sake of Christ... To be greater wealth than the treasure of Egypt, since he was, what? Looking ahead to the reward. Since he was looking ahead to the reward. And so friends, we just start here this morning with this great truth, right? Is, is, is listen, it's worth it. It's like, God's ways are best. God's ways are best. Which really brings me to the last point, okay? First two points are about us blessing God. The third point is about why we bless God, why we worship God. Here it is. Uh, Point number three is that the blessing that God gives us is better than anything that we or the world can offer. The blessing that God gives us is better than anything that we or the world can offer. And so here is what uh, verse three says. Verse three says, May the Lord... Maker of heaven and earth, bless you from Zion. So, so the first two verses are about us blessing God. And then why do we do that? Why, why, why do we have to bless God? Why do we have to remember that worship is so important, that our hearts are so important, that we need to set our hearts on heaven, not on here? And, and now, and, and so the reason why is because God's good. Because God is good. And how good is God? Why is He good? Because it says He blesses us. And, and how his, what's the blessing of God? That's the question you have to ask. And here's the blessing of God that these people in the Psalms were clinging to. They're clinging to covenant. They're, they're clinging uh, to, 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 to provision, right? They're, they're, they're clinging uh, to, to a promise of, of salvation. They're clinging to help. And, and hear me, here's the thing. They're clinging to those things in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, we find all those things are fulfilled in one person. And his name is Jesus. 
And so John, who we quoted earlier, this is what he writes about this promise, about what the blessing of God really is. We find this in the very beginning of his gospel in John chapter 1. It says, but to all who did receive him, he gave the right to be children of God. To those who believed in His name, who were, who were, not, uh, who, who were born not, not of natural descent or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but by the will of God. And so here's the blessing. See, what, what is the blessing? Here's the blessing that, that God has sent His very own Son, Jesus, and that His Son stepped out of heaven and came to humanity and He lived the life that you and I couldn't. And He did so that He could die the death that we deserve. And, and God allowed that payment, right? His, his death, right? His perfect life and His death. He allowed that to count for our sin. So why? So that we could be made righteous. And and listen, all of that happens so that we can be bought and become children of God. And not just children, but citizens of the kingdom. And and listen, heirs. And that's, that's the great promise. God has blessed us so richly in Jesus that no longer do you or I have, have to try to get by, to try to be better and better and better and better because Jesus has already finished it for us. And the Bible says anyone who believes in Him, who calls on His name, will be saved. Right? That's the good news, that we can now be sons and daughters of God. We're reconciled to God. So listen, once we understand that our purpose in life is to bless God, that God's ways are best, and, and that God has blessed us better than anything we could ever imagine. What, what do we do? Well, we've got to change. We've got to change. We've got to change our whole life. And so here's my challenge to you, because of the journey we've been on, because this is where we've arrived, the very last lesson of the Psalms of Ascent is that God is worth your life. Right? That God's worth your life. That's the last lesson. And so what do we do? Here's the deal. First and foremost, we become worshipers of God. That that becomes our sole purpose. So here's our first application point. Ready? Daily declare the goodness of God. That's why we exist. From now on, we we exist to daily declare the goodness of God. Now, I know many of you like like social media challenges. I see it, Facebook and Instagram. You're like, such and such challenge. We're going to launch one uh, on Monday. We'll put out some details, uh, come up with some kind of some kind of hashtag, maybe daily declare, something like that. But I just challenge you, people of God, we, we exist to declare the goodness of God. So where are we, church? Let's start doing that. Every day, take a moment to anyone that will listen to just declare the goodness of God. That's why we exist. That's why we exist. That, that's the call. Hey, hey, priest. Hey, priest, don't, don't get caught up in that thing called life, man. Don't forget to worship God. Daily declare His goodness. Come on out. Raise your hands. Stand up, church. That's what we've got to do. We, we live to, to glorify God. So let's do that. Let's start practicing. Let's start practicing. Amen? All right, second thing. Second thing I think this text calls us to do, ready, is we have to believe that God's ways are best. Man, we have to believe that God's ways are best, right? That's, that, that, that's the goal. Uh, and, and listen, for some of you, I just want to say this. This is hard for some of you right now, right? I mean, some of you right now are in such a situation that you're looking at life and you go, man, this is hard. Man, this is really hard. You don't understand how difficult my marriage is right now. And so, listen, the prince of this world, the waves of this world, trying to say, hey, look, there are better options out there. Like, you could do this, or you should do this, or you'll find pleasure in this. But I'm just telling you, don't do it, man. Hang on. Hang in there, because God is worth it. His ways are best. Doesn't mean His ways are easy. But His ways are best. 
And so would you cling to the ways of God? Would you just believe that his ways are best? That when God says this is how marriage is supposed to be, that that's how it's supposed to be. When God says this is how finances work, that you go, yes, God, I believe that's how finances work. When, when God says this is how you're supposed to walk and live accordingly, you're supposed to walk and live in faith. You say, yes, God, I'm going to walk and live in faith. And we just do those things and we believe that he is best, which brings me to our very last point. Last point of application for the whole series is we have to start living for what's ahead. We have to start living for what is ahead. And listen, that's what the great people of faith, that's what they're known for, right? I mean, that's what, that's what Moses was known for, right? It says that he, he lived looking forward. And when you think about the Apostle Paul, what do he say? He says, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind me, I press on toward, towards the goal, towards what's ahead. And, and church, I just want to tell you, this is what it means to live a life of worship. Right? Where we are people that believe that God is best, that His ways are best, and that we exist just to worship Him and to bless Him. And how do we bless Him? By declaring He is good. That His ways are best. And so church, we're going to do something kind of interesting as we close out uh, this morning. I want to do something with you. And uh, our goal here is going to be to live out this psalm. Right? So we're going to do. We're just going to live out this psalm. And so we have been uh, talking to you. We have been worshiping this morning. And, and, and this morning, what I'm going to ask you to do is, is remember, let, here, let, me, let me just read it to you one more time. Because we're going we're gonna to walk it out. We're going to walk it out. And here's what it says. Now, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the holy place and, and bless the Lord. May, may the Lord, maker of heaven and earth, bless you from Zion. So here's what we're going to do church. I know you're in your living room. Maybe you're in your PJs. You don't have to take a picture and post it. But by golly, we're going to bless the Lord. And so we're going to stand in the house of the Lord. You say, I'm in my house. Where two or more are gathered in His name, man. We're gathered in spirit. You're in the house of the Lord. Now stand up where you are and let's bless the Lord together because this is why we are made. We are made to worship. We are made to bless. And so stand up and let us join together as we bless the Lord but also specifically for those that are here we want to bless you we're going to sing this blessing over you remind you of God's goodness and we want you just to receive it to believe it God your ways are best God I'm going to surrender somebody this morning needs to surrender Somebody this morning, you are caught in the fight of your life and, and you're so tempted by the enemy to give up on God's best. You're so tempted to, to settle for something less than what God has for you. And I'm gonna, we're going to encourage you through song to hang in there that it is worth it. And so please, church, stand up and sing with us this morning. Let's do this. Lord bless you and keep you his face shine upon and be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face toward you and give you peace.
song all week all week long that this would be your focus that we would just come before the Lord together united in spirit proclaiming that no matter how I feel right no matter what's going on in the world no matter how detached sometimes my, my heart feels or my head feels that God is good that he is for us that he is with us that he is around us he's within us so church, we bless you this morning. And we pray that you will spend this week blessing Him. Right? For He is the greatest blessing that there ever has been, that there ever will be. This is why we exist. 
every day to wake up and declare the goodness of God. God, may you be praised. God, may you be praised. Thank you for joining us this morning. Band, would you play us out? Sing for us. God bless you. For you, he is for you, he is for you, he is for you.